Welcome to Avondale Sky Winery. This is Carl Catino. Well, I think with uh, season two, uh, we wanted to highlight some of the people in the community that we collaborate with. I think season one did a really great intro to who we are as individuals, as owners, as a family. But season two, we wanted to really branch out to, to let the world know some of the partners that we, we work with. Uh, I thought it would be a, a really cool idea if we highlight some of these partners because they've got their own story. In this episode, I am joined by Russell Murphy from the Barreling Tide Distillery in Port Williams, Nova Scotia. Avondale Sky Winery and Barreling Tide Distillery have worked together for years, and we continue to try and grow our collaborative relationship. We talked about what it means to truly buy and support local, how we can collaborate within our industries to make better and more innovative products, and we find out more about the distilling process and how it actually works. And can we make a Nova Scotian tequila? Welcome. Uh, this week we have Russell Murphy here, uh, one of the owners of Barreling Tide Distillery. And uh, Russ, thanks uh, thanks so much for coming in and joining me. I know it's a little bit out of the regular comfort zone that you're probably used to, but I do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to come down to this pod starter studio to, to do this with us. Um, and so I thought we'd start by just telling uh, telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and that's sort of how you got uh, how you got into this. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Carl. Thanks for having me come in. Um, my name is Ross. As Carl introduced me, uh, I am the the co owner of Barreling Tide Distillery, located in the beautiful Annapolis Valley in Port Williams, Nova Scotia. Um, we are a craft distillery and uh, work with uh, over twelve local farmers and producers uh, in the Annapolis Valley in Nova Scotia. Uh, to produce all of our uh, spirits and uh, liqueurs on site. Um, we have a beautiful uh, facility um, with the uh, mash tanks, uh, fermenting the still itself, which sets us apart. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. And so what, like, you know, what was your background? How did you get into this for us? Yeah. Um, how I got, well, my background, I'm a chef by trade. Mm -hmm. So I'm a red, uh, red sealed chef. Um, I traveled, uh, you know, through the Fairmont Corporation. I don't know if I can name drop like that, but uh, <laughs> um, worked for an international cruise line, uh, worked uh, around the globe doing fine dining. Uh, that's where Colleen and I met. Okay. Uh, she was a, a cruise director um, on the front uh, front part of the ship. Nice. Uh, she introduced me uh, during cooking demos. Okay. And, uh, ironically, the the quick story is is uh, we're doing Trans Canal between San Diego and uh, Florida, nice. uh, through Panama, and uh, the boat came down with Norwalk. Oh, so my. at our wedding, the the joke was that I quartered her with uh, <laughs> bullion and uh, soda crackers. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, the uh, we flipped that proverbial coin when we couldn't get our last contract together. Mm -hmm. Came back uh, to Nova Scotia. Yeah, um, Colleen, which, sorry, which is where you're from? Or I am. Yeah, my my mom and dad, all my uh, siblings yep. uh, grew up. Uh, Colleen's from Ontario. Okay, just outside of Toronto, and uh, we just uh, yeah came back, uh, started really. Uh, you know, entrenching in, in ourselves and, you know, trying to figure out what it took to, to start a distillery. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew that uh, when I'd left for my culinary career, uh, the wine industry was uh, starting to have a bit of fruition. Yep. Um, I know Yoast, Grand Prix were on yep. the scene and we're talking like not to date myself, Carl, about <laughs> 20, 25 years. Absolutely. You yeah. know, but, uh, you know, um, after I left and came back and I would come back and visit mom and dad, you know, I just really saw how 
all the wineries and the growers were starting to really, yeah. you know, catch up to the the Niagara's and the Okanagans of the world. For sure. Uh, here within Canada. And uh, so Colin and I came back. We really wanted to engage with uh, the farms. Some of them that uh, I grew up picking corn for at 25 right? cents a bushel. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. And uh, just really wanted to to reconnect with those yeah. and uh, just showcase, you know, um, some of the commodities that, uh, that we have here in Nova Scotia. Yeah. You know, so often we're so quick to export our natural and raw ingredients and commodities. Uh, it's nice to have those value added things for people to take oh, with. For sure. And yeah. so, uh, within Nova Scotia, do you get them predominantly from the Annapolis Valley or are there some other farms that you're getting product from? All of, all of our fruit, uh, we procured, uh, about 20 tons of fruit out of the Annapolis Valley last okay. year. Um, all from, you know, small hobby farmers, yep. uh, for niche products like our Arctic Kiwi. Okay. Uh, all the way up to half the orchard from, uh, Sterling's Cherry Farm. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and like, so I, I've been to your place and I'm not sure how many listeners have, have been to Barreling Tide. Uh, it's beautiful. The facility is beautiful. I've, you, I've got the, the special tour where I get to see the tanks and everything, but yeah. I, you know, you couldn't have just snapped your fingers and started like that. So can you tell me how, how did you start it and when did you start it? Absolutely. So, you know, I always joke with people and, uh, say that, uh, we kind of got started by our lawyer telling us to go legal uh, <laughs> so that we weren't bootlegging and moonshining. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we did play around in the infancy with, uh, with some of those, but, uh, um, when we started to get going, uh, we basically, uh, Colleen and I, we uh, found the the piece of property. We approached uh, Kings County. They said that we were allowed in two spots, whether it was the Kenville Industrial Park or the Port Williams Business Park. Um, Port Williams being, you know, the no brainer. It was oh, a, a beautiful gorgeous. spot. Yeah. Um, so we just started researching. Uh, I did some uh, some research on uh, distilleries down in the U.S. Befriended a couple guys okay. uh, down in New England, and uh, so uh, we just would travel down on our vacation time. Is that right? As yeah. we moonlight it with, uh, with regular jobs. Yeah. Uh, go down for a week or two, uh, scrub tanks, uh, mop floors, but learn on a commercial scale what it took to, to do distilling because it's not something that you can learn legally in your garage. Like, right. <laughs> like the low wines of yeah. beer, wine, and cider. Right. Yeah. So we, uh, we just, uh, we did that approach, uh, kind of as a rite of passage, uh-huh. uh, did, a, some courses and workshops at, uh, Cornell University in upstate okay. New York. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we just, uh, yeah, really entrenched and really kind of went all in on it. Um, we procured the land, um, with, uh, basically a three-year-old and oh a two-month-old baby. <laughs> uh, we leveraged our capital with, uh, you know, selling our house, yeah. uh, you know, moving back for a few years with mom and dad, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, just to just generate that, uh, that extra stream to, to help kind of it's amazing the believe in the dream. You know the uh, obviously as a business owner myself too. You know the commitment you have to put in time wise and money wise. Mm-hmm. But the sacrifices of not just you, but you say your parents are obviously it would have been a big help there with the with the girls and yeah. uh, and just everything right. Like to get it off the ground, it's not a it's not an overnight thing, and it does take. They always say it takes like a village, and that's what it, that's, that's what it feels like sometimes, yeah. right? It's you need a lot of help uh, to maybe get going. But I think you guys are in a in a great place. So that was 2016? 2016, We opened. Their doors yeah so okay. um the year and a half leading up to that uh we had our still engineered and fabricated over in germany okay uh it's a 400 liter muller uh beautiful copper vessel 
um, through the glass doors and windows uh, from our tasting area. You can see into the production area. Yes, yes. And it's just a beautiful vessel. Yeah. It just, uh, it, it shines uh, when the light hits it and, um, you know, just beautifully kept polished and yeah. just, it just, uh, it's just. It's pristine. I mean, honestly, piece. the whole place, the whole place is beautiful. Um, I, I got to ask a question from, tw- so back, say, say it's 2016 mm-hmm. and you're, uh, I like what you're saying about how you kind of get get back rooted with the farmers and it's sort of maybe where it all started when you were a kid even. But in terms of the spectrum, because I don't I don't know and I don't remember if I did know, um, like how many distilleries were around in 2016 or 2015, let's say, compared to maybe today, 2023? Uh, that's a good question, Carl. Um, I think at the time, if my memory serves me right, yeah. um, I think we were like the eighth distillery in Nova Scotia. Okay. Off the top of my head. Okay. Um you know, there was uh, obviously Glenora yeah. uh, Ironworks. Um, there was a few others uh, merging, um, but uh, that was uh, and was, like and today you would see like if, if it was eight, then would you ballpark now how many there would be now? Yeah, uh, uh, distilleries. Um, I know that there's different producers within sure. within our industry, um, blenders and and things. But uh, basically, I think that there's within uh, the province there might be fourteen or sixteen. Okay, now. okay. So the, you know, it's almost doubled, right? In in like five or six, seven years. So, oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's similar to what we see in the wine, and certainly what we see in craft beer around the province, uh, which is a great thing, right? Um, you know, I think it's a great thing. Um, one one question I, I have to ask you is, and I don't know how it compares to the wine association. Or, or the wine industry, but what are the biggest challenges that that your industry faces, specifically on the distilling side? Is there large challenges that you guys look into in 2023, saying, "Man, this is this going to be a hiccup," or or we get around it? Um, personally speaking, you know, not from Sea Dance, which is the Craft Distillers Association of Nova Scotia, um, but from the Barreling Tide Cap. Yeah. Um, I would say the first and foremost is is our uh, is our plea for excise duty relief. Uh, we're looking for parity with the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, craft distilleries uh, and this might make you fall out of your chair. Pay over thirteen dollars a liter uh, for for spirits, and you know that's obviously you know besides uh, petroleum is the most yeah. uh, second most taxed uh, commodity in Canada. Um, you know that that's the biggest struggle right now is trying to compete at that level. Um, and try to make it profitable. Right. Um, the other thing within Nova Scotia, it's always defining local, making yeah. sure that uh, that we really advocate towards, you know, supporting our farms, knowing where our food comes from, yeah. and really having that kinship with uh, the, the people that help support us and make our business what it is. Yeah. You know, quite honestly, without the farmers and the producers uh, that we showcase, yeah. it um it wouldn't barreling tide wouldn't have uh, came to fruition because sure. we do uh yeah we're all about local yeah and i think that word gets tossed around a lot local right but like what how is it defined in each industry is, is really important because mm-hmm. uh we see something similar in the wine side which is you know we obviously we have a vineyard so we grow our own mm-hmm. grapes but we have to supplement our crop from other uh other vineyards in the province which you know there are people out there that grow grapes that don't make wine so they mm-hmm. need uh, people like Avondale Sky or other wineries to purchase their grapes and and turn it into product and and it's it's very similar to what you're saying, but at the same time then you've got maybe wineries or in your case maybe distilleries or mm-hmm. or blenders uh, that are to 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 the consumer's eye might be making a similar product but really it's not as local as as what you're talking about right like they might not be 
negotiating with farmers or or having that business relationship. It might just be getting it from elsewhere, uh, whether Canada or somewhere else, uh, slap, you know, slapping a local label on it. So I think, you know, the more we start peeling that back and, and consumers understanding what local really means and who you're employing and who you're supporting locally to make your product, I think is key uh, in driving home what it is to support local. It's not just buying barreling tide because they're in port williams yeah. it's who you know what's the ripple effect it's and, and it's not just a bumper sticker that's right you know it's yeah. it's important and and in full transparency like i said earlier you know not only coming to the operation but you know we do support local wherever and whenever possible yeah you know I'll, I'll put it out there just in case someone ever calls calls me out on it but you know in our gin you know we do use like a star anise and and things that we obviously just can't Sure. You know, can't source locally, source locally, yeah. but you know, for our bases and, and, uh, you know, the, the fruits and stuff, it's all, uh, it's all brought in, yeah. uh, from all the local farms and that's fantastic. And done there, so. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really important to, to highlight for, uh, for a consumer when they're walking through, especially, you know, for at the NSLC, some things can all start to look the same. So the more education they have on, on who is as local as possible, I think is, is key. If, yeah. if local is important to you, which, yeah. which I think it's becoming more and more important to, to Nova Scotians, certainly as they, as they shop. Yeah. It, it's not just a, a catchphrase. It's almost a call to action, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, really uh, engaging with local, I think is more important than ever. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with, you know, rising prices on, you know, transport and the carbon footprint. Yeah. Um, it just goes to show we kind of had, uh, had the right intentions years ago. We yeah. just have to really, uh, you yeah. know, Make look, it. look local. That's right. You know, oh, stuff, absolutely. So. Um, in terms of sort of day-to-day operations, um, your co-owners, you and you and your spouse, right? So that's yeah. always, that's always a fun, uh, fun thing. Cause you're not just co-owners of that you're co-owners <laughs> of a house and a family and lots of other things, right? right? Life, uh, yeah. life in general. Um, how do you guys manage that balance? How do you and Colleen do it? It's, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, there's, there's good days and bad days, I'm sure, you know, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, both of us really support each other in, in our strengths. Um, you know, being, you know, with the culinary background in production Mm -hmm. and understanding, you know, the, the procedures like that in the back of the house, uh, with the distilling and all the, the systems out there. Um, that's my forte. Yeah. You know, it's basically, uh. Uh, a liquid recipe. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah. In absolutely. some senses. Yeah. Um, Colleen is is a rock on the front end. Yeah. Um, being, you know, in her, her background, um, you know, with the assistant cruise director. Yeah. She just, you know, has that voice. She has that, uh, that presence. Um, she's, she's beautiful and much easier to look at than I <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, it just, uh, that's, 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 it's all about balance, Carl. Yeah. You know, no that's question. sincerely no like, question. you know, like, uh, you know, in any relationship, yeah. you know, whether it's personal or business, you yeah. know, there, there has to be balance, um, you know, and we support each other and we just really, uh, yeah. you know, enjoy awesome. what we have, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. For sure. I, I know in our industry, there's, you know, ebbs and flows of the times of the year, you know, harvest is obviously a big one that, that you think of. Um, and then you kind of get into a, a bit of a lull and then you start to produce uh, for wine and then you bottle and, and then you open and then, you know, you're open to the public and it's tourism season and it's the summer. 
and then you're back into harvest again in the fall for for your business and your industry do you like do you have those same types of ebbs and flows is there slower and busier periods or can you distill something in, in january the same way you could in august <laughs> we go year round man. year round yeah so um our workflow uh, process at the distillery is is uh, like this time of year you know uh, in the winter um you know we're running a lot of uh, barrel programs so okay. uh you know in our tanks right now we're, we're running whiskey as we speak uh, we're getting ready to bring in, you know, thousand liter totes of molasses from Crosby's okay. uh, for, uh, for our rum. Uh, so we kind of go, go with the, the flow and in the summer when things start coming out of the field, the fruit and everything, yep. that's when we try to have all of our surplus and all the, you know, the, the spirits run so that as the fruit comes out, then we can deal with it for liqueurs or anything okay. like that. Uh, in between, you know, uh, working on, uh, projects, uh, like for uh, Avondale Sky and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you know other little things that we're dabbling in, um, it's just uh, we fill the the voids with that. But uh, this time of year we don't stop. We we go three sixty five yeah. and uh, we're not seasonal. No. Um, the unique thing about a distillery is is that when uh, you know maybe there's a hard year on on a certain crop. Yeah, you know, so we're able to pivot and you know if. Uh, you know, molasses, yeah. you know, uh, and as a perfect example, uh, a tanker of molasses was, uh, apparently contaminated, uh, coming into Crosby's. Okay. Um, so we had no, uh, no commodity for our rum to, to ferment from. Okay. So what do we do? Well, we pivot. We, uh, we started doing more whiskeys, okay. uh, getting that barrel program going a little heavier, um, switch to more RTDs, canned products, yep. uh, things like that. And, you know, so we're, we're never, I don't say we're never, we're, we have the luxury. We're not handcuffed to just, you know, uh, grapes or apples. Or, sure. Um, our, our world, um, uh, in a distillery is all based on commodity. So, yeah. uh, for our input into the still, uh, basically we do a hard cider. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we re-ferment grape skins yeah. as you know. So yeah. the grape skins would produce grappa. Yeah. Um, you know, we would cask after distilling the, uh, the hard apple cider to make apple brandy. Right. So okay. anything sugar based would be rum grains would get into your whiskeys and different mash bills there. So it's really unique because we have that opportunity to draw on all these commodities and produce all these different spirits, but they all have a different, uh, that's awesome. Ferment base. Yeah. And, and how many like skews do you have now? Is that a loaded question? Can you answer that? It, it, it fluctuates daily. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, uh, I think right now with different size formats, and if you were to, by by definition, by like UPC barcodes yeah, and yeah, yeah, SCCs, yeah. Uh, I think we're at about 46. Wow. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Tough to, is it tough to juggle? Uh, it, it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, given the space that we have. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Colleen and I built the facility, um, it's 5,000 square feet. Right. Uh, we're in the process of, uh, putting an addition on for another, uh, close to another 45, 5,000 feet. So we'll double our space to almost 10,000. Okay. Hopefully awesome. In the next uh, year or two. That's incredible. That's a, that's a sign of uh, good things though. Obviously things are working out pretty, pretty well from where they were seven years ago when you start. To, yeah. To, to, to today, so. Yeah. I don't think the county will allow me to have any more seed containers on site. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, I see you brought uh, brought something with you here. Um, so tell me about what uh, what this is while I I crack it open. Absolutely, this this is your favorite, Carl. This is the mixed berry uh, seltzer style. Not uh, no added sugar, less than hundred calories. 
it's just a, a nice clean tasting uh, RTD mm. available in the NSLC, but uh, also at the retail store in Port Williams, cold. So. Yeah. Oh, the cold, the colder the better. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's. It, I know we're recording this here in the in the winter, but it tastes like summer to me. <laughs> <laughs> if only all the listeners could see the smile. On your face. Yeah. <laughs> you hit on a couple things about. Um, you know some of the the collaborations and stuff that you do and obviously that's mm. that's kind of why we're talking here today because of the work that you you've done with us and the work we're going to continue to do together mm. between Avondale Sky and Barreling Tide. Um can you tell uh the listeners a little bit about uh because you know we've owned the business now 3 years but prior to that you were already doing work with Avondale Sky. Uh can you tell us a little bit about what Barreling Tide does for Avondale Sky? Absolutely. So for five years now, um, we've uh, done all the the distillation for Avondale Sky uh, from all the the skins and the grape, I would assume is the musk, as you guys would call or define it. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's got multiple names, but the mash or the musk or the... Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, at the distillery, uh, again, base uh, base commodity input uh, being the fermented uh, skins. Uh, we produce a you know a lovely distillate that uh, that you guys use in your Newport yep. uh, fortification. Um, you know partnerships aren't just with farms; they're collaborations with uh, with other people as well. And sure. you know it's it's special to us because it doesn't always you know you know get maybe get us front and center on the on a bottle, but it also allows us to to have some kind of um, support supporting yeah. role, you yeah. know, and it's, it's just always been a fun project. Yeah. You know, long story short, I just, uh, been always grateful for the support, you know, even getting going in our infancy, yeah. um, you know, trying to get things going and it just, uh, it means a lot to, on an annual basis to know that, uh, that Ben, your winemaker yeah. and, and your family just, you know, believe in what we do, for the, sure. the quality of the product that we deliver and just, you know, the, the passion that we put into, to making sure it's right for you guys and that you have that opportunity to, to showcase not only your wine, but really great uh, collaboration and, and efforts from uh, from the Valley. So, Absolutely. You know. um, I've had the benefit of seeing uh, a bit of it in action. Um, pretend we're in the pretend we're in the distillery right now and someone's who's never been there doesn't know anything about it. So now you've picked up the grape, the fermented grape skins from the winery mm-hmm. or they've been delivered, whichever way you've landed at the distillery. Walk us through what happens next to, to, you know, the next steps, because I think it's really interesting. And I think the listeners would want to hear how, how do you take that and how do you distill it? Yeah. And what comes home with me? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we would offload, uh, using, uh, using our 5,000 pound forklift. Mm-hmm. Uh, these totes are huge. They're, you know, just bulk commodity, about a thousand, thousand liter totes, yeah. uh, in a harvest bin. Um, we would bring that into the distillery. So between, uh, kind of the production area and the retail area, um, people that come in can see a full transparent, uh, look at the still. And this thing is, is beautiful. It, it, it's, it's shiny, it's bright. It stands about 12 to 14 feet tall. Okay. Um, in it, you'll see a column with, uh, beautiful port windows that are illuminated with the uh, backlighting so we can see the, the refracting and stuff. But mm-hmm. we bring the toad in, um, 
We'll tap in off a usually a two inch cam locks uh, if it's uh, if it's the wine sure. uh, if it's grapes we get a plastic shovel <laughs> um, we don't use metal around the copper still no uh, and we just feed you know yeah. four hundred liters of uh, of the the skins or the the liquid into the still at a time yeah you know uh, we just hand bomb it in. And it's just, uh, we close up the vessel, yeah. uh, on the front of it, uh, the, the belly of the still has about a, a 12 inch, uh, manway. Yeah. Uh, so we put everything in through that, seal it up. It's a pressure vessel. Like I say, um, we just get the steam boiler going. Yeah. You can hear that thing thumping in the back room <laughs> in our mechanical room. Um, as that starts to, to warm up, you start seeing the steam, you know, and the, and uh, you start getting a really beautiful aromatics uh, through the distillery because yeah. uh, everything starts permeating and it just uh, really kind of, you know, gets the sensories tingling. Um, uh, visually, you're starting to see uh, some of the, uh, the, the distillates start to come off uh, as it travels up through this huge bell, which is on top of the belly of the still on top. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it aerates a little bit. Um, comes across the ghost pipe, which is a copper pipe that comes down into the back of the column. Okay. Uh, from there we start refracting it and concentrating the alcohol for you guys. Um, when the, uh, the, the import or the intake of the, the still comes in, we just start using the plates to refract it. Okay. And depending on what percentage Ben's looking for, yeah. uh, for making the fortification with, um, that's where the artistry comes in. For sure. Um, you know, we've, uh, we kind of dial it in cause we want to, um, get a clean, neutral kind of profile to some degree, but we still want some characteristics to come through. Right. So, uh, between myself and our assistant distiller, you know, we'll, we'll monitor what the flavor profiles are that are coming out through the parrot. Yeah. So as the still, um, starts thumping as we call it and it starts <laughs> rocking, uh, all the distillate starts moving up the, uh, the column comes into the condenser. It's where the hot vapors, uh, hit a cold, uh, cold jacketed uh, cylinder and they yeah. contract into a salt liquid form again. Um, they come out by the parrot and that's where we, uh, we either collect it, but we're also tasting as right. The, for the run of the distillate. And, That's awesome. Yeah. And so when, when it arrives, remind me, what's the alcohol percentage of the fermented grapes? I know it can vary, but yeah. um, you know, what is it when we, when you bring it in and what is it that we take back? Yeah. So in distilling, um, the still doesn't make alcohol. Mm -hmm. It only extracts it. And maybe that's a good point to make too. Cause um, if, if the wine that was coming in was say 10%, yep. you know, and so, you know, for round numbers, let's, let's say, you know, we put a hundred liters in the still, yep. you know, by definition you'd have, you know, 10 liters come out on the other end. Right. You know, you do lose, you know, some for residual, you have your four shot, which has, you know, your, your ACE tones and all your toxicities, like a nail polish and yep. paint thinner, the uh, smells. Um, we collect the hearts, which is the next part of the, off the still. Okay. Uh, and then the tailings are all the lower alcohols that haven't gotten quite up to as, as the water is pushed through because the, the alcohol distills at a, at a lower temperature than the, the distillation of water. Right. So we just basically, uh, monitor that as the tailings come, we collect those separately. We reintroduce them to the next batch to get the, the yeah. ABV up and stuff. But, um, we would get about 10 liters by definition. Yep. Yeah. Um, maybe six to seven of that would be usable depending right. on the, 
Yeah. Yeah. And then I know, and then from our perspective, of course, then we pick up the distillate, we take it back to the winery and for the product that we're discussing here, which is our, our, our new port, which mm-hmm. uh, for port drinkers out there, we're not legally allowed to call it port because we're not in Portugal, uh, but we get to call it Newport because we're in Newport Landing. So uh, we get to take that product that Russ's uh, and Barreling Tide is distilled for us and then we effectively add it back into the wine, which usually then takes the percentage closer to, you know, 19 or 20%, mm-hmm. which, uh, which makes it a beautiful sipping sort of dessert, dessert wine that, uh, if you're a port drinker, um, we've got a lot of fans out there that, that really enjoy the product. So we always like to say, as we can't do it as well as you just explained it, but we always like to say, Hey, it goes to Barreling Tide and they, this is what they do. Give them a high level of, uh, of our partnership and how you guys help us uh, get that product out there. So we, Absolutely. we do appreciate it. Yeah. No. Um, how about some other products that you have on the go coming out in 2023 that we should be aware of? Yeah. Um, never a dull moment at the distillery. Um, so the, the one that everyone always looks forward to, um, is the, the, the decanting or the, uh, uh, uncorking of our, our whiskey. Yeah. Uh, Windward whiskey has been out now for two years. Okay. Um, very limited release. Uh, it's just, uh, a true expression, sure. you know, of what we are, what we started to do. Um, you know, we cask our, our whiskeys for at least four years. Okay. And, uh, you know, just a beautiful profile, complexity. Um, they maturate really nice in the wood. Yeah. Um, so we're always proud to have those release. Uh, the uh, the other thing that we always try to, to do is, you know, uh, we have a, a mobile canning company as well. Yes. So we also try to do some innovative uh, things with uh, with canned products. Um, we do have a nitrogen doser. So we're looking at doing something. We, we're still dialing in the, the flavor profiles and stuff that we're we're hoping to. But uh, basically, the uh, we'll probably do like a still beverage okay. uh, that will uh, complement the, the cans that we already have. We have a couple seltzers, some craft cocktails right. that are canned as well for people and... Uh, yeah, what, what's been the most popular canned product that you've uh, you've got this last past year? The the seltzers that are available in the NSLC are hot. Yeah, um, people are enjoying those. Uh, there's a citrus twist and a mixed berry. Yeah, um, I like the mixed berry. I think that's been my favorite of the of the lot that I've tried. Not to say that they're all not great. Oh, for sure. Sometimes yeah. you just have to. To, to pick your favorite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the canned cocktails are great too. Sure. Um, we have three different commodity based cocktails. So we have a gin, a rum, and a vodka base. Okay. Um, you know they're just uh, they're very popular as well. Whether it's the rum punch, the Concord grape, uh, yeah, gin. that's a that's a beauty too. Yeah, and the uh, the vodka redberry yeah. uh, is also great with yeah. all the local raspberries and cranberry juice in it yeah. as well. So um, they're not made with any artificial colors uh flavors everything's natural um but uh, just well balanced uh, with a little bit of that fruit toast uh, transition out of the uh, the seltzer segment yeah and uh i know that's uh, you and i have had this conversation and, and we're still in the works but uh you mentioned it earlier about the sort of the grappa and mm-hmm. uh so this year uh we're still in the works of trying something new together yep. um so slightly different than what we do with the with the newport mm-hmm. but uh can you tell us a little bit about what we've done um to tell the listeners i guess about 
the grappa and how we've what we're trying and, and, and what it might end up being or what yeah the options for sure are. well the first thing i'll say is uh go to carl's facebook page and i'm going to put up some really great pictures of him in overalls uh, <laughs> shoveling the musk with me as we as we press it but yeah. no um so what we've done is uh with with ben's help and assistance yeah uh we've really um you know tried to to produce a, a base commodity to to complement both uh, both industries yeah. kind of a, a yin and yang of sorts sure exactly. and uh, so um right now what we've done is we've taken back the uh the the skins and you know the the pressings yeah. from from i believe a riesling riesling yeah, uh, yeah from this fall um we've done the distillation we have the uh the the grappa yeah or in legal terms mark okay uh m-a-r-c okay and uh just, just like the the port, uh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. is legal to Portugal. Yeah, um, we're not allowed to call it grappa. Interesting by definition. Okay, so um, it's, it's Merck. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's good to know. So we just, uh, yeah, we uh, we're looking forward to to doing a collaboration, uh, whether it's in a can or, or whatever we, uh, yeah, whatever we kind of so choose, I guess. On yeah, those cold winter nights to <laughs> decide on, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're interested in ideas, and we're always looking to for sure. And and depending on how far along we are, come uh, come the release of this, we might be asking the listeners to give us some ideas. Hey, and uh, you know what we should do with it because uh, cold winter nights, thinking about what to have on a hot summer day, is sometimes <laughs> difficult, right? But uh, but no, we're really excited, Russ, of of even just the opportunity to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you mentioned with your with two cans as your your other uh, you know. Uh, business if you will uh in your own canning line it's like how can we work together uh maybe it is a can product that we come out with together um that you know brands both barreling tide and avondale sky and just again showing the true collaboration that the industries can have together and that the businesses can have together i mean as as people i think we like each other enough you know like we want to help each other where we can but when you can get your businesses to align to do something that is you know good for both of us and Mm. good for all of our uh our consumers and, and and customers and guests that come out through the year. I mean, that's what's key. And I think it just drives yeah. home what a relationship can look like um, in the alcohol beverage industry in Nova Scotia. So yeah. we appreciate it. That's, no. uh, and well said, awesome. Carl. Like, you know, and I echo that. It's uh, it's not only fun for us, but I think even our, our staff, for you sure. know, to engage, you know, whether it was Ben with the, the pressings or, you know, Justin doing some of the distillations uh, from the customers really uh, – trying something unique and special. It's, yeah. Uh, that's what it's all about, man. These are the fun projects. No question. No question. Yeah. Um, so Ross, I'm going to ask you a couple questions here. Uh, feel, feel if you're comfortable answering them, please, please share. Um, was there ever any in the last seven years or maybe beyond mm-hmm. um, any crazy moments you're running a business, you know, you got two young girls. Uh, is there ever any moments where you're like, Oh man, in over my head, not sure about this maybe pump the brakes maybe shut the doors no i'm 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 kidding a bit there but was there ever any moments like that where you're like okay this i'm not sure if we're down the right path or not yeah i mean you know as as entrepreneurs and small business owners i mean uh i think both of us sometimes think that we've bitten off more than we can chew and you know people do come into the distillery and and candidly ask you know i'm looking to to do to do a startup and right you know what uh what advice can you give me or you know what uh what uh, pitfalls did you did you come against yeah uh, you know it's a it's a hard one because it's not for the faint of heart no um you know to be perfectly uh you know blunt about that it's uh 
it takes a lot of dedication um, behind the scenes. I think it was, uh, I never took it. Like I worked, I think it was about three years straight, seven days a week to make this work. Um, You know, as I mentioned earlier, when you go all in on something, you have no choice. That's right. You know, Um, and nothing's ever easy. You learn, you learn sometimes, um, you know, as an industry in Nova Scotia, you know, you have great support from your customers. Yeah. Uh, the, the liquor board, um, and just, uh, other, uh, producers as well for, for kind of either feedback or, or guidance, but, you know, a funny little side story, you know, we, I was moonlighting yeah, still in kitchens. Um, we were running about, uh, it's about a nine and a half horsepower hammer mill. So okay. it desiccates the, the rye and the barley, um, to flour. It's not a roller mill like in breweries where it just cracks the, the oat outside husk and okay you know to expose uh, expose more of the green but um so i was there moonlight and we had set this thing up and uh we have through the mill room which is kind of separated so that the the dust and particles don't okay. fly everywhere uh goes up through a spiral duct and then down through a cyclone with a filter on it that goes into the mash tank where we do all of our cooking of the grain to convert the starch into sugar okay Long story short, I'm there, it was about one or two in the morning, you know, uh, probably finished my, my day shift, you know, yeah, yeah, my yeah. day job, <laughs> you know, and went to, to start playing around and, you know, I was there feeding the, the mill, you know, and the, you know, I was about a hundred pounds into the, to the, to the grain bill mm-hmm. and thought, okay, you know, let's, let's see how this is going. And so I walk out of the mill room and kind of around the corner and I don't recognize anything. All I see is this white wall oh. of, of, of particle and the, the cap had blown off the, the mill. Oh man. And it was basically about a hundred pounds of flour, just, just falling like snow down <laughs> to the floor. And I just stood there. Like I couldn't see the barrel off. I couldn't see the retail area that was in front of me. Oh my And Lord. I just stood there and I was like, okay, whatever you do, don't cry because then it will just clump and it'll be harder to clean up because then I can't get the shop back going, you know, but in all honesty, like, you know, it's those moments, you know, that you look back and we're laughing at it now. Yeah, man. Right. And it wasn't funny then, but <laughs> no, but all I thought is, man, I, I got to get this cleaned up before morning or Colleen's going to kick my butt, you know? but you oh know, God, it's those crazy. things as, as, as entrepreneurs that, you know, we all persevere from. Everyone has those stories. Sure. You know. Absolutely. I think it's important to share them, though, because you never know who the listeners are. They could be entrepreneurs themselves. And, mm. you know, we all, like you said, there's different pitfalls in every industry. And, uh, you know, I think the more you talk about it and the more I talk to other business owners as well, no matter what the industry, we all have the same types of struggles, right? Mm. It's the same types of things that blow up, like no no pun intended, blow up in your face like that, that mm. you can't you can't foresee sometimes. Yeah. And uh, and how you handle it is the key. And uh, mm. and that's the thing I think that you start to see that, you know, business owners have to have the same like-mindedness to, to get through it. Because yeah. like you said, you've already put too much time and effort and money and everything else into it mm-hmm. um, to let one, one little thing or big thing, uh, you know, throw you off the rails. So yeah, absolutely. So 
Yeah, um, very important. Definitely. Yeah. Now, your product, I know I see it, uh, lots of shelves at the NSLC. Can you tell me a little bit about where else people can get barreling tied across the country? Because we might have listeners from all over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, right now we're currently listed in, uh, and we have uh, select products in all four of the Atlantic Liquor Boards. So okay, excellent. in Newfoundland, you can get the Five Fathom uh, Dark Rum, which won Best in Canada in Vancouver at the Canadian Artist Beer Competition. Awesome. Uh, a few years back. Uh, that's also available in um, New Brunswick as well at AMBL. Uh, on Prince Edward Island, uh, there's six different uh, products that are available um, from the cherry liqueur to the gin, chili pepper vodka. My favorite. Five Fathom, dark <laughs> rum. Um, it's always a great uh, great support from, from our islanders. And uh, we also have uh, warehouse and distribution in Western Canada. Okay. So uh, we also feed into private liquor stores on premise uh, in Alberta. Uh, do a few with the private store, uh, stores in Saskatchewan and the Yukon uh, liquor board as well. Awesome. So. Uh, how are you finding it in, in other markets? I mean, obviously I'm going to assume that it's easier in Nova Scotia because you've got boots on the ground here, but how are you finding it from province to province, getting your name out there and you know, whether it's the branding or I assume, you know, you might have a rep there or something of that mm. nature. Like, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah, it's all about finding the right agency yeah. and really getting um, someone that, that understands your brand, but also can share the story and inevitably has industry connections, yeah. you know, that really yeah. believes in what they're, they're selling and, and puts it out there. So yeah. um, within Nova Scotia, we're, we're very fortunate to, to have, you know, the support of uh, the NSLC, yeah. with, you know, favorable uh, markups and, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's much more uh, engaging here within our own province uh, from a local level. Um, and uh, yeah, then going out uh, outside of the comfort zone of, uh, sure. of, of the province, but. Yeah. Uh, and within province outside of the NSLC, where else is your products available? Mm. Uh, the other place that uh, is uh, Harvest Wines and Spirits. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Westside, Rockhead or uh, Harvest over on the Dartmouth side. Yeah. Um, we have uh, products on the shelves at those uh, locations as well. Perfect. Uh, bi-weekly, we do the Wolf of Farmers Market. Okay, so great. We always try to engage uh, at that. Uh, and that's year-round you're doing that? Every, yes. Oh, excellent. Yeah, excellent. we do that one as well. And uh, trade shows. I uh, always see you at the trade shows. Man. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, They're great. We, we could carpool. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> if we had a big enough car to carry all that's that right. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so we do about 10 or 12 trade shows a year. Yeah. Um, plus pop-ups and stuff. But yeah, there's... Uh, you can always find us at little uh, little locations if you're ever looking for where we'll be or what we're up to. You know, I encourage anybody to follow us online. For sure. Um, and uh, if you are online, I also mentioned too, we ship across Canada. Perfect. Uh, through uh, Canada Post, it's no secret. Nova Scotia is one of the few select provinces that you're allowed to do that through. Yeah. Um, and we're very fortunate to have that outlet. You yeah. know, it, it really provides a, an opportunity to, to get it to across yeah. the country well we find that too like with uh you know the wine side you have you'll have a visitor come in you know the summertime and they try your product or they try in our case they try our wine and yep. and now they want to get it to ontario or they want to get it to bc uh at any time during the year so it's it's nice to have uh, you know canada post support to get that mm. wine we have to worry a little bit sometimes about it freezing depending on the time of year uh, yeah. i think that would be less of a concern for you guys with yeah. uh, <laughs> a 40 percent going out the door but that's right um 
but that's great. And and your hours at the at the distillery itself, you guys open year round. Uh, do the hours vary different times of year? I assume they would have to. Yeah, they do. Um, so this time of year, uh, and being in the winter time, so yeah. from January to you know early May around Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, right now we're closed two days, so we're closed every Sunday and Monday. Okay. Uh, from Tuesday to Saturday, we're open from 11 to five. Yeah. Um, weather permitting. Of course. Um, of course. you know, and, uh, once, you know, uh, Mother's Day, May 2-4, we start extending that yeah. and then we'll go seven days a week, yeah. um, all the way up till January 31st till New Year's. Perfect. That's seven days a week. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And and the hours on the seven days a week? Yeah, we extend them usually in the summertime. Okay. So, uh, you know, it could be six or seven at night. Okay. Uh, or an earlier opening as well, uh, 10 in the morning. So we kind of try to open that, uh, the parameters a bit. So yeah. It gives, oh, gives people a chance, especially locally after they get off work at five, that they can still make it out. To absolutely. I think that's, a, the that's one of the things that we struggle with sometimes is like from our location, I know where you guys are located in Port Williams, there's lots to do. There's lots to eat, lots mm. to see, lots to, lots to take in. And, and there's more commerce happening in that area too, right? Whether you're working in Wolfville or Minus or anything nearby. Yeah. Um, for us, it's kind of, you know, we're a little off the beaten path. So it's not always the evening is not always going to be your busiest time. So we find the afternoon for us is usually when people are, you know, coming out, probably not during a work day. It might be, you know, when they're on vacation or sure. tourists or what have you. But um, yep. um, I'm going to ask one last question, Russ. And uh, first of all, again, thanks for all the the input and, and <laughs> knowledge that you shared today. But is there something that um, that you haven't already said, I guess, that, you know, people maybe don't know about you that you, you'd be comfortable sharing? Something that's that's unique or and if there isn't then that's fine too um goodness i mean i'm always you always put me on the spot (laughs) that's where you get the best answers yeah i mean uh geez maybe it's a hobby maybe it's maybe it's you know what's your favorite drink or whatever maybe it's your own maybe it's something else yeah um i honestly i mean you know being in the industry um, my two favorite spirits, uh, are whiskey and ironically tequila, which I can't produce. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have a, uh, you know, a half decent collection. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, Colleen puts pump, make, makes me pump the brakes once in a while. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I have, uh, my, my oldest whiskey is 41 years old. Wow. That, that I've acquired and, uh, have some, uh, some really cool labels. I, I love, uh, you know, uh, and have an appreciation for other people's art sure. and, um, what they can put into the glass. And, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's really special when, you know, whether you're in the culinary world or the craft beverage sector to really, uh, have an appreciation for, for the craft and, and the hands-on approach of what it takes for people to, from fruition, from, yeah. you know, in the fields to, to the finished product, uh, what it takes. Cause yeah. it's, uh, there's a lot of people out there doing the right thing, doing it the right way. And, you know, just, yeah, really uh, awesome. putting their heart and love into it. For sure. Um, you just mentioned something. So I just want to ask the tequila. Are you saying you, you guys, you couldn't make tequila? Is there a reason why we can't? Similar to the, uh, the port in Portugal. Okay. Uh, so tequila is even within Mexico, uh, defined within a certain region on the, towards the Pacific. Wow. Uh, down in the Yucatan. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even northwards, uh, you know, Texas, California. Sorry. Okay. 
Um, it's uh, that's often introduced as a like a mezcal. Yes, um, because it's outside the. So could you make a mezcal here? Uh, is that allowed? If 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 I if I could get like blue agave right. shipped in, you would need it, all that. Right? Okay. It, nothing's impossible, but uh, yeah, it wouldn't be as local as what you're saying. No, <laughs> no. no such thing as a local Nova Scotian tequila. No, it's uh, uh, okay. It's, it's a harder one. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's it's interesting within the world, all the different uh, definitions. Yes, um, you know, bourbon is is uh, for I think it's four or six states that it represents. Right, right. off the top of my head. Um, cognac is to yes. a certain region in France. Yes. You know, just like champagne is to yeah. a certain region. It's, it's so. interesting because it's one of those things before I was really in, uh, in the alcohol industry at all, not something I really paid attention to, right? Yeah. Like now, now we know Bordeaux and the different, like you say, champagne and the different regions for wine. But even still, didn't realize it crossed over to tequila. Like that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. bourbon. I knew, but you know, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. You know, and scotch, you kind of know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I did not realize tequila. To me, it was just like it's like rum, right? Like it's like tequila. But uh, yeah. good to know. Yeah, no, a lot of fun things out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Russ, uh, I want to thank you again for the time. Uh, I appreciate you coming out, and uh, yeah, all the best in twenty twenty three and beyond. And looking forward to doing more work together absolutely man i really appreciate the time and the opportunity and yeah we just look forward to keeping things flowing absolutely all right take care man cheers <laughs> thanks for listening guys i uh, hope you enjoyed the story and uh, we look forward to meeting you in person at the winery if you'd like to follow us on any of our social media platforms please visit us at avondalesky.com and we look forward to sharing a glass with you at beautiful newport landing cheers cheers This has been a Podstarter production.